What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, go ahead and do that now. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday, the only daily Trailblazers podcast. So make it a part of daily routine. Make it your first listen every single day and tell your friends to do the same. In today's episode, we'll talk about a couple Blazers losses over the weekends. We'll talk about newly acquired Eric Bledsoe, the big news. Could the Blazers flip him again ahead of the deadline? What are the challenges and sort of what could be the Blazers' goals if Bledsoe never plays for the Blazers and maybe is uh, traded to another team as they continue to, to this retool this roster? And finally, uh, one of the Blazers' new acquisitions, Justice Winslow, made his debut on Saturday against the Bucks. We'll talk about what we saw from Justice in that debut. Blazers played two games over the weekend, a loss to Oklahoma City on Friday and a loss to the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday. Uh, this came on the heels of a trade. The Blazers traded Robert Covington and Norman Powell to the Los Angeles Clippers in exchange for veteran point guard Eric Bledsoe, veteran wing, big man, basketball, amorphous basketball player Justice Winslow, and rookie guard Keon Johnson along with a 2025 second round pick. So the Blazers played their first two games, um, first game on, on Friday without the new acquisitions and on Saturday with just Justice Winslow. More on that in a moment. But that meant no Norman Powell, no Robert Covington uh, in the lineup and just the debut of the C.J. Ellaby, Tony Snell uh, forward pairing up front Blazers lost a couple games let's jump in the fastest recap in the west and then we'll get to the rest of the news in today's show here's your fastest recap in the west for both games Blazers lose Friday night 96-93 against a bad OKC team missing Shea Gilgis Alexander the Blazers second lost OKC in the week Thunder quietly won three in a row somebody break up Oklahoma City Uh, this game was close and like I said, the the debut of the C.J. Ellaby Tony Snell forward pairing, and what did Tony Snell do? He led all scorers at the half with eleven, finished with thirteen, just two in the second half. This game was uh, tied after three quarters, like it was the it was, the game was right there, uh, and then the Blazers scored seventeen points in the fourth quarter and lost. This game was with five minutes left in the game. It's tied 91-84, right? 502. Uh, Lou Dort hits a three pointer to put Oklahoma City up seven. The Blazers are now down seven with five minutes left. And nobody on either team scored for over three minutes. Over three minutes. Just a gross back-and-forth comedy of errors, and the Blazers missing a kajillion opportunities to get closer in this game. So down seven for the five-minute mark. The Blazers cut it to five under two minutes when CJ McCollum made a bucket with a minute 59 left. Three full minutes with no points in the clutch. Zero points in the clutch. That'll help everyone's clutch time numbers. Uh but despite that, despite the the full three minutes of of nothing from the Blazers and and some defensive stops in there against a bad Oklahoma City offense, uh, Portland had a chance to tie this game and send it to OT. Anthony Simons' three is off at the buzzer after Lou Dort split a pair of free throws and kept the game open. Anthony Simons had an and one to keep them in the game and then a three pointer to put it to overtime. Missed the three pointer. Blazers lose ninety six ninety three. Uh, Ant finished with nineteen points on seven of nineteen shooting. CJ McCollum also had nineteen on nine of twenty four shooting. CJ has. Um, it been in a just a dreadful shooting slump. Yusuf Nurkic had 14.6 of 19 in this game, a, a tough Nurk night. Blazers lose that one 96-93, and then they come back Saturday night for the second night of a back-to-back at home against the Milwaukee Bucks, and this one was what it looks like to play a really good team with not enough NBA players. Again, CJ Ellaby and Tony Snell starting in this one alongside Ant, CJ, and Nurk. Uh, Two NBA, two dudes who probably not NBA players, probably not, certainly not good NBA players, uh, starting in 
against an elite team like the Bucs, and it looked like it. Blazers down 16 at the half, and then 32 after three quarters. The game was basically over. Portland loses this game 137-108. Fourth quarter was largely meaningless, if not entirely meaningless. Bobby Portis led the Bucs with 30 points on 11 of 13, shooting 6 of 8, and he missed his last shot. So he was 11 of 12, 6 of 7 from 3. 6 of 7 from 3 for Bobby Portis and 30 points, uh, and then he missed a wing 3 at the end to end his night. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 29 points, 9 boards, 6 assists. He was 7 of 12 and hit 4 of 7. 3-pointers. His first three threes in the first half, and the Blazers did not guard him. Did not attempt to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo. He took three pack practice three-pointers. He made them. Maybe expects a guy of his shooting ability to make like 60% of his totally unguarded practice three-pointers. He made 100%. It happens. Uh, Anthony Simons had 19 for, for the Blazers, but he had five turnovers. Not a particularly good game from Ants. Benny Mack came off the bench and had, that's Ben McLemore for those of you who don't know, the nickname Benny Mack had 19 off the bench. Um, he really, Ben McLemore got them up in garbage time. He was, he played at the end of the game with, um, see, they took CJ Ellaby out and left Ben McLemore in. Um, and Ben McLemore used that as a showcase of his jumper, which looks really good. Didn't go in a whole lot, but he did make four threes and finished with 19 points. Blazers lose that one, 137-108. Those are your fastest recaps in the West for those two games. Uh, Justice Winslow made his debut. We'll talk about all of his, that debut to close the show. But really, this this was the sort of the new the new era, right? Prior to the Bucks game, uh, it was unclear whether the new acquisitions would play. Justice Winslow was was uh, questionable. Keon Johnson was out, had an existing uh, ankle injury. And then Eric Bledsoe showed up on the injury report. A curious addition to the Blazers' injury report. And that has you thinking, is Eric Bledsoe on the move? Let's talk about the move. Let's talk about Eric Bledsoe. Let's talk about all of that. If the Blazers are setting up for another trade in the second segment. We'll get into all of it because that's the big news of the day. But before we do that, let's talk about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Your typical Bilt Bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4, four net carbs. That's it. That's what that you you look at a Bilt Bar, that's what it's packing. You're getting your protein. You're not sacrificing a bunch of calories or a whole bunch of sugar, even though you're getting a delicious bar that's covered in 100% chocolate and comes in great flavors like coconut almond and peanut butter brownie and mint brownie and double chocolate and salted caramel. Like, good tasting, pretty darn healthy can replace a bunch of unhealthy snacks and then pack a punch to fuel you. If you're me, I'm a, I'm a built bar at about 3 PM guy. That's my move. Uh, it's, it's about three o'clock. My blood sugar is a little bit low and I need a little protein to get me through the workday uh, and set me up for maybe a workout after work. I'm, I am grabbing a built bar and making it happen, pushing, the, pushing through a weekday because I got to also record this podcast for y'all. But you know what I'm doing if I'm getting those built bars? Is I'm saving money. I'm going to built.com and using the promo code LOCKED15. So I get 15% off my order. You can do the same thing. Just go to built.com and use that promo code LOCKED15 at built.com for 15% off your next order. All right. Talk about a couple of Blazers losses. Uh, you know, good for the tank, baby. <laughs> good for the tank. Uh, the, the Bucks was kind of always a loss, right? Second night of a back-to-back against a really good team, uh, even if the Bucks had sputtered a little bit uh, recently, but they're they're still a very good team, it's like championship-level team. But losses to OKC too this week. If you're if you're a tank commander, good losses, good good quality losses for the Blazers. But the big news of the day and things that I think uh, many of you are curious about is like. What's next for the Blazers? I mentioned the trade at the top of the show. I actually did an emergency podcast following the Blazers trade on Friday night. So I broke it down. It's about 20 minutes. It's waiting in your feed right before this one. If you're watching on YouTube, it's the video right before this one in the playlist. Uh, it's 
I, I broke it down what I think like my general thoughts are. This is not a particularly good trade for the Blazers, but I'll with, withhold my judgment because what's next will define how I view this trade. And so much of what's next in the speculation is that are the Blazers trading Eric Bledsoe? The Blazers again acquired Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson. Um, Eric Bledsoe's the best. The best part of Eric Bled the Bledsoe like most generous read on Eric Bledsoe's deal is that he makes enough money that he could be traded for another player making a bunch of money. He's making nineteen point three million this year, and then he's making uh, or excuse me, he's making eighteen point one million this year, nineteen point three next year, but only four million of that is guaranteed. So he, conceivably, Eric Bledsoe can be flipped, and I think the assumption is that this is what the Blazers are doing. Right, they're going to flip Bledsoe. Don't worry, he'll be traded. Blah 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 blah. It's not that easy. Let's get into why it's not that easy. But first, uh, tinfoil hat, put it on, put it, make sure it fits snugly. You know, uh, what is it? It fits secure around your nose and mouth and make sure your tinfoil hat is secure before assisting uh, younger passengers alongside of you. But make sure they're also wearing their tinfoil hat because here we go into the conspiracy world. Prior to this game, Eric Bledsoe had played 54 games for the Los Angeles Clippers, available for all 54 games and the preseason and had never, according to Law Murray of The Athletic, never, 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 never shown up on the injury report, not in preseason, not in his regular season. The best part about Eric Bledsoe so far was that he was available every single night. He shows up in Portland. He goes through his workout or goes through his physical. And what does he have? He has an inflamed left Achilles, left, left Achilles, uh, uh, tendinopathy is what they're calling it, but inflamed left Achilles, and he's ruled out. Had not been on a Clippers injury report at any point. Chauncey Billups admitted before the game that 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 uh, Bledsoe probably could have played, quote unquote, uh, prior to uh, prior to the game, but you know they're resting him out for abundance of caution. So is that caution that the Blazers view Eric Bledsoe as a long term solution, as a as a veteran backup point guard, and they want to make sure he's ready to go? I don't think so. That's why I have my tinfoil hat on. My read on this is that there's no reason to play Bledsoe on a February fifth, five days before the trade trade deadline, if you can trade him. If you can trade him, keep him out, find it, find a possible trade partner and go from there. The most generous read on the Blazers trade is that this, that it was step one, the first domino to make other things fall. And part of the other things fall is the speculation that Eric Bledsoe could be traded. However, it's not that easy to trade Eric Bledsoe because of the league's rules. He can't be uh, just, he cannot be included with another player. It's not that that's, it's not that simple. Eric Bledsoe, like the CBA is just a little more complicated. I don't want to get too in the weeds, but I do want to explain to you sort of how the rules work. So when you're thinking about, I don't know, making wild trade offers, firing up trade machine, or just like the logistics of how the Blazers can move forward from here, you kind of understand the rules. I'm not going to try to get too deep into legalese, but the basic rules are that Eric Bledsoe's salary cannot be aggregated in another trade. And the way to think about that is that Bledsoe can be traded straight across for one player. He makes $18 million this year. If someone's making in the the, the legal trade range with about 25% on either side, uh, Bledsoe can be traded straight across for that player. He can be traded straight across for that player, including picks on either side. Those trades work legally. But you cannot include Eric Bledsoe in a larger trade if his salary is needed to make the trade legal. His salary cannot be aggregated with other salaries to to uh, make a legal trade. Now, there are multiplayer trades that work. Uh, and without getting too deep into it, the simplest way to think about this is Bledsoe's making $18 million. He could be traded for someone else making $18 million. And then if there's a separate part of that trade that includes multiple players, let's say, um, you know, CJ McCollum at 30 million. The the other player would have to be legal for, uh, like in the 30 million dollar range to be traded for CJ. The CJ aspect of the trade 
would have to be legal on its own in order for you to include Eric Bledsoe in the trade with another player. That might be a little tricky, but the point is that Bledsoe can be traded, but it's not that simple. He can't be traded in every single multiplayer, multi-asset deal. There has There's some league rules where salary matching has to come in. So Bledsoe is, is, is tradable, right? Like I said, 18 million, 20 million is about the going rate. Think of that as about the going rate for a starter in the NBA. So the Bledsoe's money has some value there, right? And he's non-guaranteed for next season. So, or partially guaranteed rather for next season of 4 million bucks. So if a team has money on the books that they don't want next season, conceivably they could trade that person to Eric Bledsoe, trade that player to the Blazers for Eric Bledsoe, and then wave Bledsoe, pay the 4 million bucks, stretch it, play 2 million bucks over a couple seasons, get out from under the money and move on from there. That has some appeal. That has some appeal. But Eric Bledsoe as a player does not have appeal. He does not. The the You are not going to, in the year of 2022, the year of, um, the year of Jack Ramsey, 2022, um, like uh, no one is going to talk themselves into Eric Bledsoe. Uh, I think the Pelicans try to talk themselves into Eric Bledsoe and then they basically had to pay to get off his money. Uh, the, the, you know, he wasn't starting in, in for the Clippers. They had gone another direction. They were, he, he's fine. Like he's a, he's, he's a, like an okay rotation player, but not at the money. And he's not, a, he's not a good enough player that he's going to like put any contending type team over the top. No good team is going to talk themselves into Eric Bledsoe. I think like the closest you could get is like the Mavs because they just need more people who can dribble, but there's just no way in hell the Mavs make that deal, right? Like of, of among the good teams, like players who could dribble, uh, the Mavs check that box because they just need more dudes who could put the ball on the floor. Um, so the way to get off of Bledsoe's money is to trade Bledsoe plus stuff. But the Blazers don't have a lot of stuff. Uh, the first round pick is that they for this season is is only theirs if they miss the playoffs, and it's lottery protected through 2028. So it's hard for them to trade a future first, or if they're trading one way down the road in 2029. I don't anticipate they do that. I don't anticipate they knock the protections off to Chicago and 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 try to trade a future pick. They're not, they need those picks. They need to hold on to them. That's the way that they get better moving forward. And it's also if they do end up making that trade to Chicago or conveying that pick to Chicago down the line, say next summer when they if they are a playoff team again, they kind of want their future picks not also on the books. Like they want the the they need to keep them. I do not think they they um, trade first round picks. They have a 2022 second round pick, a 2025 second round pick, and then some picks starting in 2027 in the second round. They don't have a lot of second rounders. Is Eric Bledsoe plus a couple second rounders going to get you the spot you need? I don't know. I don't think it's super simple. Um, uh, Eric Bledsoe plus stuff is probably the way to get value, and the Blazers are missing the stuff portion of the program. But I would say that his inclusion on the injury report and him being held out, um, you know, he sat on the bench, but he was in sweats, like he's in Portland, um, and, you know, did his physical and all that, met the team, et cetera. Uh, he, you know, he's, he, I think there makes sense that the Blazers might continue, like hold him out until the trade deadline just to see, because conceivably you could make it happen. And perhaps that's why you make this trade six days ahead of the of the trade deadline, because instead of searching for a third team to wheel and deal with Bledsoe, you get him on the roster and you try to make it happen on your own. The Blazers already announced the trade. Um, you know, it's official. Justice Winslow even played in the damn game. That's how official it is. It's like, so I think there's real, I think it's real that the Blazers could be shopping Bledsoe now. I just, it's not, 
that simple that he could be traded and you're not getting much value for Eric Bledsoe unless you're taking on bad money. Like that's that's the place to to look for Bledsoe trades. Who has, you know, several years on the books that the Blazers could say 18 million works in the salary match and we'll take, you know, two more seasons of about that money for to make it happen. Like that's that's the that's the Bledsoe trade uh to to keep an eye out on. Like can the Blazers absorb some future bad money to get off Eric Bledsoe's money in his partially guaranteed contract? That's where he has value. And like I said, I think the initial trade looks bad for the Blazers, like straight up bad. But if it leads to what they do next, I think we can judge it all as a whole. We can say, here's what happened at the deadline. Here's what they did. Uh, and I think that that'll be important. There's been some speculation around the league that the Blazers would trade CJ McCollum. Um, that's kind of been obvious. I think there's been some like unsourced reporting that executives believe that and like, People following the team, even if they're not in the league, like believe that the Blazers would be more willing to do it than they ever have before. I think um, there's some value in this certainly getting executives opinions, but uh, you, dear listener, are smart. You know that the Blazers are more open to trading CJ than they've ever been. Uh, and you don't you don't need an anonymous source to tell you that because you've been uh, listening to Lockdown Blazers and using your brain to figure to figure that out. So uh, I, I think... Here's I think this is where the Blazers stand, right? Is that they still need to get better. They need to get better for next season. And Bledsoe is a chip to potentially do that. But because of the way the trade rules work and his his salary not able to be aggregated in, in sort of larger multiplayer trades and his sort of overall standalone value, it's hard to get there. However, yes, they can trade him. And yes, I believe they will try to do that, which is what they're doing. Final final tinfoil hat thing before we move on to the third segment. In, in press releases, when the Blazers um, in the past have announced acquisitions of players, they have announced what jersey number they would wear. That is a typical thing they would do is they will say, uh, you know, the Blazers have acquired Tim Quarterman. Quarterman will wear number four. I don't remember Tim Quarterman's jersey number. That's a, a kind of an obscure one, but like they would announce... Um, the player, some stats, a little quote, and the jersey number. That's your boilerplate press release from the Trailblazers. Now, the Blazers have made some changes in the, in the uh, on the PR staff and the communications department. So perhaps uh, that's no longer how they do it with some with some new parts at the top of that uh, top of that department. But my conspiracy theory: maybe they don't think Eric Bledsoe will ever wear a jersey, so they didn't want to give you a jersey number. Because there is no jersey number ever coming. There's not going to be one issued. They're either going to trade him or they're going to waive him. I kind of thought Bledsoe would play. Uh, Chauncey Billups indicated that he thought all those guys would play for him. But not being on the injury reports or not being on the injury report and then showing up and ending up on the injury reports and just the way his salary works for next season, I think there is a chance that Bledsoe does not ever, ever play for the Blazers. Because if they don't get a trade, they can just waive him. They're going to owe his salary for the rest of the year anyways, and uh, and he's got this partially guaranteed deal for uh, going into next season with a, with a guaranteed date uh, late late in the year post prior to the the draft and prior to the start of next season. So yeah, I, I think you try. I think they try to trade Bledsoe at all costs, but I don't think it's super simple. And a lot of the signs point to them continuing to shop Bledsoe. So the answer to your question is yes, they're going to try to trade him. And the other answer to your question is we'll see. Maybe I don't know what they can really get for him. Not much would be my guess. But this is the task of Joe Cronin is to try to you know he made one trade that we I think for the most part don't totally get. But if the next moves start to make more sense, we'll see his vision for this franchise. One of the players the Blazers acquired, though, in that trade on with the Clippers is Justice Winslow. 
And Justice made his debut on Saturday night against the Bucks. Let's talk about what we saw from the veteran wing guard center big man basketball player Justice Winslow. Before we do that, let's talk about betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whatever that action might be, whether it's the NHL's regular season, the NBA's regular season, whether it's the Winter Olympics rolling along now, or whether it's the Super Bowl a week away as I record this, you can find all that on betonline.net. More lines, more props, more odds than ever before. That's betonline.net, where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. I'm still recording Locked on Blazers. We'll talk about the Blazers' couple losses over the weekend. Talk about Eric Bledsoe, the trade chip possibility. Now I want to talk about one of the other players the Blazers acquired in the draft, or acquired in the trade, not the draft. Specifically, a trade with the Clippers on Friday. Uh, Justice Winslow, who made his debut um, Saturday against the Bucks. Curiously, he didn't speak to the media after the game. Uh, full disclosure, I, I went to the game, and then I, but I did not stay for the media. Uh... And uh, I did not say for post game media and Winslow curiously not not there um, did not did not speak to the media uh, just a little a little oddity um, so we don't know how he felt he would have I mean he's not going to give like ground earth shattering quotes but curious nonetheless uh, Winslow looked kind of like the Justice Winslow that I know and understand. <laughs> Um, he played 20 minutes, finished with 6.7 boards and assist and one steal. Uh, you know, the, the Blazers got crushed in this game. So the, this was, uh, not ideal, but, uh, Winslow finished, you know, three of five from the floor over one from three, didn't attempt a free throw. He was the first sub in both halves coming in about the midway point of the, of the first quarter. Uh, for my money, he looked like someone who was playing, who had played with zero practice, you know, this is the second night of a back-to-back, so the Blazers didn't, they don't even have a morning shoot around the second night of back-to-backs, so he's just playing basketball, like he's just going out there playing basketball, you can do that, but um, there are moments in sort of the read and react stuff that Bledsoe, or that Winslow was was looking like, oh, I, I don't exactly know what we do here, or what is the typical move, there was one uh, in the first half where he, uh, or excuse me, in the second half where he he kind of just cut baseline and looked up for the ball and the ball's in the opposite wing. And he's like, Oh, you don't, you guys don't look at this. Like this isn't the time I, I missed time. My cut. There was once, there was another one in the first half where he cut in this, the same space as CJ McCollum at the same time. Just kind of like, just like a dude who's, he looked like a dude who's new to the thing, new to the, new to the program. Um, I don't think it looked bad. Like, uh, if you listen to Friday's trade show, I did an emergency episode on Friday evening. It's again in your feed, uh, right before this one recommend you do it. Uh, I mentioned on this, on that show is like, I I liked justice Winslow coming out of the draft. I thought he was going to be a really good NBA player. Um, He's big, you know, six five, six six, but like big, huge, huge and strong, um, like strong enough and physical enough to guard on the wings, can guard four positions pretty well, can play small ball five against other small centers and and, and really hold his own a little bit. Like a versatile defender who can really pass. Uh, I thought he was going to be really good coming out of Duke. I thought he was going to be really, really good. I was a pretty big believer of, of Miami Justice Winslow, but since then some injuries, including a hip replacement, he just is, he just is zapped him of his, what made him special. Like he, I, I thought it, he was traded from the Miami heat to the Memphis Grizzlies in the Andre Iguodala swap. And he was kind of in, in some ways the centerpiece of that swap along with some picks. Uh, and I thought that was, I was excited for Justice Winslow on the Grizzlies. Like I thought, oh, that's the kind of perfect little, 
role player for what they want to do. Like Winslow's going to make it work. And he ended up being out of the rotation by the end. Uh, and with the Clippers, same kind of thing. Like he didn't play every single night, um, wasn't always part of the plan. There are moments, you know, it's just his offense isn't quite there. And the explosiveness that made him so special to kind of make up for the lack of jump shot has has left him a little bit. But I still think against the against the Bucks uh, with the Blazers, he looked like someone who could help. If he's an end-of-the-bench wing, his physicality, his size, he plays hard, he can pass a little bit. Like that helps as a as an eighth or ninth guy. Like he's not he's not below that, you know? He's not maybe on really good teams he wouldn't play every night, but if you're if the Blazers are concocting a bench, I think you can do a lot worse than Justice Winslow for 4 million dollars. And I think uh Saturday's game was a relatively good example of what he could bring. You know, the scoring a little bit on on drives, his his jumper is just he's he's lefty with a funky looking jump shot. It's it's not going to work, but you know, his one assist was he caught it at the elbow, turned and immediately fired just a great pass, timings, pacing of the pass, his his sense to the turn and read to to Ant on a on a backdoor cut. Um he also had a nice feed to Nurk that Nurk didn't didn't score on, but like you can see the passing chops. I think Justice Winslow can help. Um He's not a starter. It's not a starter in the league. He's not, you know, he's, you don't want him, you want him to be your fourth best wing. But if he's, if the Blazers build this boat and he's their fourth best wing, I think that, um, I think that makes sense. I think with every, every acquisition, uh, moving forward here for the next 10 months or whatever, the, the, and this has been the case for five years, but, um, we're in a different, the Blazers are in a different, more transitional, uh, position now than they've been in the past. Uh, this is, Every every acquisition should be viewed like this. How does this play? Does this player complement the potential lineup and skill sets necessary to play well and be competitive? If Damian Lord and Anthony Simons are your two starting guards, it's been the same thing except Damian Lord and CJ McCollum. That's um, why Anthony Simons didn't always make sense. Uh, I have some reservations about Dame and Ant as your two small guards moving forward and how good you're going to be. But if if that's the group the Blazers are, are committed to, and it seems like they are, they're going to re-sign Ant for a bunch of money this summer. Uh, Damian Lillard's on the books for a few more seasons and might even sign an extension to be on the book for five more seasons. Um, whatever happens, whatever the, whatever financially happens with Dame, like the over the next two, three seasons, does this does player X fit with Dame and Ant? And I think I think Justice Winslow does, right? Physical wing doesn't necessarily, you know, he's he's probably more, he played both forward spots against the Bucks, played both three and four, guarded Drew Holiday. So it's like, oh, you can put him on a one. You can let him guard a point guard. That's ideal for for the sort of Damon Lord situation, right? Oh, this dude can guard point guards. You can put uh, Dame on a less threatening wing. Like he could have Dame go guard Pat Connaughton. You can, that's kind of the how the equation works. I think Justice Winslow in general, his skill set fits that equation. Do I think he's super helpful in a wild upgrade? No. But do I think like, his defensive chops and his uh, willingness and his strength and his willingness to play on that end helps. Sure, um, I worry about what he's going to be on defense on offense, but that's that's just the package, right? If he was um, if he was a really good three and D wing, he would be a different player. He wouldn't have been making four million bucks and and included in this trade and the way it went down. Um, I think he can help. I think you saw Saturday how he can help with a little bit of offense. Um, most of the rebounds were just like defensive rebounds. It wasn't like he was getting crazy rebounds in traffic, but he's strong. He shows his, showed his ability to be physical in, in the paint. Um, kind of the things that I liked about him early in his career. And now that, you know, the injuries have kind of changed my appreciation of him. I, I don't think he's like a total negative. Uh, I think he has, I think he has some struggles, but I think he answers some of the questions. Can it, is this a player you can play next to Damon Ant? 
yeah, probably not a ton, but yes, like this is not, um, this isn't a, this isn't too much positional overlap. This answers, you know, this is some answers, some defensive questions that an ant, uh, and Dame backcourt is always going to pose. Yeah. I think in general, totally, uh, totally okay with Ke uh, with Keon, totally okay with justice Winslow. Um, if he's if he's the best player they got back in this trade, still bad news. But we'll see. We're we're gonna hold off our judgments on the trade and believe that Joe Cronin has more uh, uh, more prepared. Uh, another little minor note is that Larry Nance was uh, upgraded questionable on Friday before the Oklahoma City game, and then uh, Chauncey Billups told Trailblazers Radio, Rip City Radio six twenty, that Larry Nance had a setback and was a quote minor setback and is uh, not going to was not going to play. I wouldn't be surprised if Larry Nance does not play again this season. Um, the Blazers don't have a ton of incentive to bring back a kind of good player. Maybe they want him to play just to get some some minutes under his belt, but it wouldn't totally surprise me if another setback, it's, first of all, it's a knee injury, so you've got to be careful with those. But even if it's minor and he could play through it in, in other circumstances because he's dealing with an ex, you know extended absence because of a bone bruise and all those things, the Blazers are trying to lose. They're trying to lose all their games, basically, from here on out. It, it appears that they're trying to... Um, We'll see what they end up with at the trade deadline, but lose a bunch, get a good draft pick. Larry Nance would only increase your chances of winning. He's also, you know, older. You don't, you kind of know what you know what you got, even though if he he didn't really put it all together for the Blazers this season. So setback from Larry Nance did not play Friday or Saturday. You know, still on the bench in 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 civvies and street clothes. So we'll see. But I, it would not surprise me at this point if Larry Nance does not play a game again this season. So that's where the Blazers are at couple losses heading into a couple of home games this week and then uh, entering the trade deadline the trade deadline is Thursday of the com this coming Thursday so could be big action this week could be the end of CJ McCollum's career could be that Eric Bledsoe trade that you're so excited about uh <laughs> you might not be that excited about it. I'm just being a jerk um yeah huge week uh, the Needless to say, huge week. Um, I'm a little nervous that by the time I publish this, the Blazers will have made another move. But regardless, uh, we'll keep cranking out uh, the content. Uh, I've got Law Murray of The Athletic is going to join the program on on Wednesday's show. We'll have some trade deadline previews. We'll get all the all your rumors. We'll talk to folks around the league, and we'll figure out what's going on with the Blazers. That's what we do here on Locked on Blazers. It's available five days a week on all platforms, free wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Tell your friends to look for us. Just search Locked on Blazers and make it a part of daily routine to listen to the show every single day. Make it your first listen. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon.